From Hebrews 11, 11 through 16. By faith, even Sarah received the ability to have a child, though she herself was barren and past the age of for having children, because she had believed that one, the one who promised was faithful. So descendants were born from one man, and he was as good as dead. They, they were there as many as the number of the stars in the sky, and as countless as the grains of sand on the seashore. All these people died in faith without receiving the promises, but they saw the promise from a distance and welcomed them. They confessed that they were strangers and immigrants on earth. People who say this kind of thing make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. If they had been thinking about the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return to it. But at this point in time, they are, no lo they are longing for a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God isn't ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you and to be with you. Um, welcome, families. It is so good to uh, worship with you this morning in chapel. Um, you may have seen maybe some of the slides that uh, you know have like like you know that are saying that Esteban's gonna be preaching in chapel. I wore the same shirt just so that you'd know it wasn't a fake. So I appreciate that. Um, but this morning, um, it, it, it's always. A joy to dig into the scripture. Certainly it's been a joy for me to even look through this particular text in Hebrews 11 as we kind of walk through all of these particular stories of faith, people who've lived their lives of faith. And, and to continue to understand that it's not only this, uh, these stories of people being faithful, but it's an invitation to trust God even deeply. And so uh, during this Creation Care Week, I've decided that I wanna begin a, uh, with a story from a place in creation that gives me life and joy. And so, uh, every year for the past 15 years, my family and I have spent uh, a week of our summer in Sequoia National Park. It's one of the, just, I, I love this place. Uh, every so often I get to talk about my joy about the, of the Sequoia trees. Um, and there's a story that makes me chuckle every time I see the story on uh, this place called Grant Grove. And um, you see, in the mid-1800s, there was a, an attempt to show the rest of the U.S. the greatness of the sequoia trees. And so some people decided to uh, cut these trees. Uh, actually, they ended up becoming conservationists. So in, in honor of Creation Care Week, they became conservationists after they figured out, oh, we probably shouldn't be cutting all these trees. But at the very beginning... They, they cut one of these large trees and they try to send it out to Philadelphia to this World Fair. And w they quickly realized that these trees were just so massive that they, it just couldn't be sent as is, that they had to uh, cut it in pieces. If you're not familiar with the sequoia tree, they could be up to uh, 250, 300 feet tall. They can have a circumference as large as 100 feet. I mean, these are massive trees. And to, it is nearly impossible to ship it as is. So they cut into little pieces, and what they decided to do is ship it that way in pieces and try to put it back together when they got there. And when the people saw this tree kind of reconstructed, they immediately thought that it was a joke. 
They thought that it was fake. They thought that there was no way that this was a real tree because they had never seen that type of tree before. For a while, it was called the California hoax. And it was just too good to be true. Because usually our response to things that seem impossible or too big, our response is usually disbelief. This morning's scripture comes out of Hebrews 11, and it highlights this promise that is given to Abraham and Sarah. The promise to them was that they would be, be the beginning of this great nation, as many as the number of stars that there are in the sky, and countless as the grains of sand of the seashore. And this promise would not only benefit them, but it would also be a blessing to the whole world. You know, a few weeks ago, Dr. Brower mentioned about this promise that was given to Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 12. And in that text, we read that by faith, Sarah received the ability to have a child, though she herself was barren, and able to have children of her own past the age of childbearing. It also says that she believed because the one who promised is faithful. And so early on, there was this understanding that, that, that God is a faithful God. However, I also wonder how Sarah felt when she heard this news, that her hopes of having children were pretty much gone, that all of a sudden she is given this good news of hope and that something miraculous was about to happen in her and that God had promised something to them. The one who created something out of darkness, out of nothing, brought into existence the heavens and the earth, is now the one who is promising this something miraculous. A large, numerous nation from an aging couple who has an inability to bear children. And this God is calling them to not only trust, but also follow in his plan and in his way for them. And this feels like it's so good to be true. Like I said, when we hear something that is too good to be true, often, our response is disbelief. And Abraham and Sarah probably felt this way too. We read in Genesis that they had already lived in the land that they had already kind of walked out from their home and they had already been living in Canaan for 10 years. In, in, Abraham, uh, in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham tells God, you still haven't given me a child or an heir. And he's starting to feel the weight of his old age, he start, he's in his mid-80s, he's in a new land, he's living as a nomad, an immigrant, he has no place to call home, and still no promise has been fulfilled. And yet God continues to remind him of this great promise. God asks Abraham again, hey, look up at the stars. Look up at the stars and try to count them. And I can imagine right now that Abraham even in this place of like doubt that he's looking up and he's just doing what God is telling him. One, two, three, and maybe he gets to a thousand, I don't know. But he believes that God is gonna do something great. And honestly, it's difficult to wait on God. It's, it's difficult for us to place our lives in the, in the hands of someone else. That's not the way we function as human beings. We like our autonomy. 
We, we, we like our freedom. We like to not feel dependent on other things. We like our independence. We like things done now. I mean, think about fast food, right? It, it, we want things done at this moment. This is not the way we are wired. We are not wired to wait. We get impatient. We doubt. And when everything seems impossible, God says that he has a plan for us. And so they decided, instead of following God's plan, instead of waiting on God, they decided to do things their own way. In the following chapter, Sarah gives her Egyptian servant, Hagar, to Abraham so that they can have a child together. Hagar becomes pregnant, and she's immediately despised by Sarah to the point where she is kicked out of their home and kicked out of their land. And yet one of the beautiful things that I find within this story, that someone who had little to no significance in this greater story ends up becoming the first person who gives a name to God. Hagar, an Egyptian slave. She gave this name to God. She said, you are the God who sees me. Elroy, for she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. In the waiting, in the hardship, God sees us. God still desires to meet us. And even when we decide to do our own thing, and instead of waiting on God's plan and trusting in God's plan, God's plan still moves forward. The beauty is that God continues to be who God is. Another beautiful thing that I read is that although Abraham and Sarah decided to do things their own way, they were always invited to come back to God's plan because God's plan remains. God's plan and purpose didn't change because that is the character of God. We read that God is faithful, and so we trust in the one who has been faithful for generations. And so we are still invited to believe. We're still invited to trust. The good news in the story is that when we are not faithful, God is that even when we decide to take matters into our own hands, God invites us back into his plans and his purposes for our lives. Abraham and Sarah did have a son together. Their descendants did become a great nation. It was through this lineage that the hope of the world came to us. The blessing of all nations came to us in Jesus Christ. And even then, God's plan was done in a very surprising way. While everyone was expecting someone who fits our understanding of power, the good news came to a woman who was told she was pregnant before she was married. The good news came, became flesh through Jesus in the most humble ways. Born in a manger, lived as a carpenter, lived a nomadic life, preaching the good news of the kingdom of God, saying that he was gonna proclaim the good news to the poor, proclaim freedom to the prisoners, and for the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the way that hope 
and new life, salvation came to us was through a cross, through death. And this is how the world is saved. If you think about all of this, it sounds utterly ridiculous and impossible that that would be God's plan. But I want to remind you that God's ways are not our ways. That God's purposes and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Scripture tells us in Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's planning, God's timing, God's purposes are different than the way that the world operates. Our world operates on efficiency, things being done quickly, putting our trust in power and domination. But the way of God and God's kingdom surprises us because it turns everything upside down. It is this upside down kingdom of heaven that allows the things that are true and good in heaven to be done here on earth. Our prayer as Christ followers is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. We're not called to power, we're called to serve. We're not called to domination, we're called to pour out our lives in love for those around us. We're invited to trust God in daily provision. We are to be a people of forgiveness and to not fall into the temptation of doing the things and doing the ways that the world wants us to do it. The invitation from God is not only to believe, but to trust, to surrender, to trust in God's way and God's plan for us. Romans chapter 12 says this, I, I appeal therefore to you, my brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not conform to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you will be able to discern what God's will is, his good and perfect will. I love this phrase, living sacrifice, because it tells us that it is a person who is willingly laying down and surrendering. It's a voluntary surrender. A, a dead sacrifice has no choice but to be on the altar. A living sacrifice has to place themselves there. And so when we put our trust in God, we submit when we put our trust in God, we willingly put ourselves in the trust of God, in the trust of God's plan for us, because we know that God's plans are not our own, but God's plan is good for us. It's a conscious way of laying, laying down my life, of laying down my will, laying down the way that I want to do things in order to live in God's plan. Perhaps we do know in our minds and in our hearts that God's plans are good for us. Perhaps we've, we have seen time and time again that God has been faithful. And still, maybe it's hard for us to trust. 
even in this journey of Abraham and Sarah, there is belief. However, there is an invitation to not only believe, but also to trust that God is faithful and to live a life of surrender to God's ways. A passage that I learned as a child, and many of you probably learned as a child, was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. In all your ways, not in some ways, not in this compartmentalized type of faith, but in all ways, in every area of my life, in every, every area of my heart and my mind and my soul, all of, the, of those ways, I decide to submit to the one who is good and faithful. We are to place our lives and fully trust in God. Perhaps we know from afar that God is faithful. Maybe we have seen from afar the good things that God has done. But the invitation is to experience God's faithfulness, to experience and know God's plan by surrendering to it. There's a story of a tightrope walker by the name of Charles Blondin. Charles Blondin was famous in the summer of 1859 because he walked across Niagara Falls. It's actually this, fall, this waterfall that is in between the border of the United States and Canada. He walked 160 feet above the fall several times going back between Canada and the United States. And there were huge crowds on both sides. And they were in shock and in awe of what this man was doing, going on a tightrope and going in this pretty dangerous uh, feat of walking across. He did some pretty amazing stuff. He uh, once decided to go across on stilts Another time, he decided to go uh, on a bicycle. And each of those moments, everyone cheered. There was one particular moment where he decided to go blindfolded. And he goes blindfolded across this tightrope with this waterfall under him. And everyone is cheering by the time he makes it across. And then he goes back again. And everyone cheers And then he tells the crowd, do you think I can cross this tightrope with a wheelbarrow? And they're like, yeah, you can do it, Charles. You're amazing. You're awesome. We've seen you do it. And so he goes across with this wheelbarrow, and he makes it across. And then on the other side, he says, do you think I can also, in this wheelbarrow, take a person inside? And they're like, yeah, Charles, you're amazing. We saw you do it. I mean, there was even a point where he also carried a stove in his hand and and, and actually cooked eggs while he was on the tightrope. I mean, just really, really crazy stuff that he did. But in that moment, he said, can I take someone across this tightrope in a wheelbarrow? And they said, yes, you can. We've seen you do it. And then the next question was, Who wants to volunteer? (laughs) Silence. Silence. 
There are many, many times where we see God's goodness and God's greatness, where we see God's plan revealed in so many miraculous ways. And we say, God, I believe in you. God, I believe that you can do the miraculous. I believe that you can do all these things. And when we're invited into the journey of trust and submitting and surrendering, we hesitate and we don't. We're like the people who don't wanna go into the wheelbarrow. Knowing fully that he can, but often having doubts in our own minds and putting our full trust in him. The invitation of this semester as we think about how God has been faithful from age to age, as we think about how God's faithfulness has been proven over and over again, is not just about belief. It's about belief and trust and surrender to who God is. Because God has proven to be faithful. God has proven that God's plan will happen and will continue, and God is inviting us into that. To be people who can trust God with every part of our life. Not in just the simple things, but also the hard things. Not in the things that we hold on and have this tight grip on, but the things that we just need to just let go and surrender to God. Throughout this week of Creation Care Week, we've been having these pieces of paper here on the altar. Uh, For those of you who weren't here on Monday, it was explained that these pieces of paper are biodegradable. The hope is that on Saturday when we do this uh, renovation project of this garden, that the prayers that have been written on these pieces of paper and that go into these jugs can go into the soil. And as part of it, to symbolize the ways that God's desires, the good news of the gospel that God is with us, that God died on the cross, and that God God provided a way for us to be reconciled to him, but also the ways that we are desiring to trust God more can be put in this dirt as good soil, as good soil to receive what God has for us. And that soil and that seed can take deep root And they could bear great fruit, not only for your life, but for the life of the kingdom, for the ways of the kingdom. And so this morning, we have an opportunity to respond after chapel. If you wanna stay and linger and come up and write those prayers and offer and decide the, the ways in which you want to surrender your life completely to God, you can do that after. Let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are. That you are the God who can do all things and you have proven it time and time again. And so we pray, God, that this belief would not only be knowledge in our minds, but take root in our hearts into ways where we can be trusting in you more deeply. God, I know that each and every one of us are coming in different ways here. Some of us have strong faith and some of us, our faith is holding on. I pray that by your spirit, that you would touch our lives and prompt us to surrender our lives even more each day, to trust in you, to enter that wheelbarrow 
knowing that you are good, that you are faithful, and time and time again, you've been good. And we're so thankful for you. We're thankful that you love us, that you love us so much that even when we decide to walk away from your plan, you still lovingly invite us back, that your grace is there, that your mercies are new each day for us. God, we thank you. And we pray that today that you keep this story of Abraham and Sarah, this story of invitation to trust in your way, keep it in our hearts close today. We love you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray all these things. And God's people said, amen. You're dismissed, go in peace, and you're invited to linger if you want. Take care.